The average workplace now has four different generations working side by side. With boomers delaying retirement, Gen Xers in top management roles, millennials moving into mid-career, and Gen Z entering the workforce, everyone is learning how to work with people who have wildly different communication styles, life priorities, career goals, and habits. How can we all work together more harmoniously, and how can older generations support their younger colleagues? Today, we have three generations in on the conversation. I'm the millennial. Mike Smith, Senior Vice President and Chief HR Officer at Navient, is our boomer. And Jim Lee, founder of Stratfy, is repping for Generation X. Mike and Jim, I think we all have a lot to learn about and from each other. Let's dive in. With me at the table, I have Jim Lee, futurist and founder of Stratfy. He also lives upstairs in our building at 1201 North Orange Street. And I also have Mike Smith, our newest Board of Governors member. Welcome. Thank you. You are the Senior Vice President and Chief Human Resources Officer at Navient. Welcome. Thank you. Jim, why don't you go ahead and just introduce yourself and talk about what you do? Sure, yeah. Uh, Jim Lee. I'm a professionally trained futurist. I think I'm the only one in Delaware. (laughs) And I live upstairs, as Kelly mentioned. I've been in the Chamber of Commerce building for 10 years now. And what I do is I run a boutique investment advisory firm focused on what happens next. And as a part of that, I follow demographic trends. And what does that mean to be a futurist? Sure. So for me, it's a matter of finding out where you want to be if you want to be in the right place at the right time. Very cool. Mike, go ahead and introduce yourself. Thank you so much. Thanks, Kelly. It's great to be here. I actually appreciate Jim, too, because we actually use his network to do a workshop for our employees on future thinking. So that was great. As you mentioned, Kelly, the Chief Human Resources Officer for Navient, which is a national financial services company based here in Delaware. Today, like I mentioned, we're talking generations in the workplace. You two are, I'll call experts on the topic. So thank you for joining. We will get into this more after a quick message from our sponsor. So stick around and we'll be right back. Leave winter behind and spring forward at Christiana Mall. Conveniently located right off of I-95, discover the freshest styles of the season and savory seasonal favorites from Lululemon, Tommy's Tavern and Tap, Radcliffe Jewelers, Tio Taco and Tequila, Cotton on Kids, and more. Visit christianamall.com or follow them on social media for more information. The Conversations with Kelly podcast is powered by Easter Seals Delaware and Maryland's Eastern Shore, and they're marking a huge milestone, their 75th anniversary. Easter Seals is celebrating 75 years of creating an inclusive community, 75 years of first steps for children, independence for adults with disabilities, and support for seniors and their families. Easter Seals is celebrating 75 years of a legacy ensuring a future where everyone is 100% included and 100% empowered. And they're just getting started. Happy anniversary to Easter Seals Delaware and Maryland's Eastern Shore. To learn more or donate, visit de.easterseals.com. That's de.easterseals.com. Welcome back. Let's get into this. It's interesting. So we have five generations in the workplace right now. People are living longer and they're working longer. And that creates a whole new dynamic in the workplace. And that's what I want to talk about. Jim, why don't you kick us off and just kind of tell us about the landscape and what you're seeing with all of that? Sure. So as you mentioned, we have the boomers which were born right after World War II. You have Generation X, which was born typically between 1963 and 1980. 
After that, you have the millennials from 1980 through 2000 represented. Proud member. I'm a Gen Xer, Michael. How would you? I am a boomer, right on the line. You are <laughs> a boomer and Gen Xer. Okay, here we go. So we have, you know, diverse perspectives here. And then you have this new generation, which we're tentatively calling Generation Z, that was born right around 2000 and beyond. And a lot of them are now entering college and just coming out. And both of you can jump in on this, but. Each generation grew up in a time period that had numerous influences that kind of shaped how they are as professionals in the workplace. Can you kind of describe what those influences are or were and how that builds upon their characteristics as an employee? Yeah. Yeah. So my generation, this is sort of like a homecoming. This, yeah. is, this office park is where I started my first career mm -hmm. with American Express. And when I graduated from William and Mary in 1991, that was considered a recession. And everyone was just kind of scrambling around for work. And uh, I think my generation, uh, the, the millennials tend to be realists. They tend to be survivalists. And they tend to figure out exactly what they need to do to live another day. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and just to add to that, you know, when, when I think about the traditionalists, the generation before me, people who lived through the Depression, mm -hmm. who really focused on, on on surviving with little, and also really looking at an employer as a means to, for earnings, for security, for pensions, and those types of things. And then get to the boomers, right, who really defied that. It was a time when the company was booming because the war was over. And so we became work workaholics, right? We saw an opportunity for adventure, for gaining money, for success. So we became the workaholics. And, and then as Jim mentioned, we look at the Gen Xers, the latchkey kids who are very independent, um, the millennials, and then the Gen Z who really don't know a way of working without technology, right? Mm -hmm. Who really grew up in the yeah, technology yeah. age. It really does makes a company, an employee, really have to be thoughtful. And how do you communicate effectively to each of those generations, knowing they have different values, knowing they have different ways of approaching work? It really does provide a lot of thoughtful thinking there. Well, and you bring up Gen Z and growing up with technology, that led to them being a very entrepreneurial generation, which I know is a big trend that we're seeing nationally in the U.S., a lot of new businesses are starting up in the last couple of years. And I think a lot of that has to do with this, these younger entrepreneurial generations. How does that affect the businesses that are already existing? They're not necessarily coming to work for a business. They're starting their own. Yeah. You, you know, I'm sort of seeing an evolution mm -hmm. of what we think of as a career. Right. Okay. Because my father worked for DuPont for 30, 35 years, and he had the career ladder where you started at the bottom and you worked your way up to the top. And then the boomers sort of experimented with lateral moves, sort of like the career lattice, where you go up a little bit, then you work for someone else, and then you continue your climb. And with the millennials especially, I think you have what I refer to as the career patchwork crazy quilt. And, and that's where <laughs> you're <a> term. <laughs> stitching together you know, multiple opportunities in a way that's flexible and fits your needs. And today we call that the gig economy. And so the other thing with all of this, okay, so... Boomers are staying in the workforce. They're like I said, they're living longer. They're working longer, longer than expected, mm -hmm. and I, yeah. they're holding their seats at the table. And these younger generations are coming in with a new way of thinking, and they're hungry to move up that ladder. How can a business deal with that? People not wanting to leave, and people who are wanting to grow. Yeah, I think one thing that's important is I think every generation has to listen to the other and really understand what their drivers. So if you're in a boomer generation, for example, I think we like to 
impart wisdom on people. So I think if you play to that strength and encourage culture where, where people who have more tenure can really look at it as, hey, let me groom, let me get ready, let me impart my wisdom on the generations below me so they can really do a good job of taking over. I think that's one good thing. And I think one of the things at NAV and what we did was to start a sponsorship program, which really embodies that, right? Have, okay. Having mentors to really help the younger generation. But importantly, is to really listen, 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 seek to understand. I think it's the important thing. That's a very conscious thing that businesses have to incorporate in every day. It- Deneen Damon at Richards Lane and Finger spoke at one of our chamber leaderships breakfast last year in 2022. And she mentioned that people need to think leaders mm-hmm. should think that they're holding a seat at the table, mm-hmm. not keeping their seat. And if we right. can all think about that and bring these younger generations in, as you said, mentor them and help raise them up and prepare them to be the leaders of tomorrow is so huge. I'm glad to hear Navient has programs in place to kind of work through that. You're a very large company, so you have all the generations (laughs) in the workforce. What else do you do to help make sure that your teams are working better together? So we're doing a lot of things. One is we started employee resource groups, which I think a lot of companies have. We're really using them to as a way of networking and, again, and ensuring that people come together, particularly in today's society where, you know, a lot of us are working remotely or working hybrid as just a way for connectivity. The other thing is it's really leveraging the strength of each individual, whether they're in a different generation or whatever the case may be. So again, we've done a lot of education around, and I can tie generation into inclusion, a lot of education around that to kind of say, how do I, how do I be authentic to people so that, so that they know, because the younger generation appreciates that. It's funny because I remember talking to a leader who said 30 years ago, we were told to keep it strictly business. Now we're being told to, to share and to be open. So it's, so it's, it's a change. So it's a, so it's a lot of, it's a lot of communication there. Mm -hmm. And then we also, so we encourage that. We also created a guide, right. For leaders to say, Hey, when you think about generations, these are some of the common terms that are helpful. These are the things you may want to think about if you're going to hire someone or recruit someone or have a team meeting. Think about these things. So anyway, so we're trying to help bring folks along to embody these differences. That's great. Jim, do you have anything to add? Yeah, I wanted to ask Michael about in terms of what you do at Navient more broadly, mm-hmm. is there a shift in emphasis from corporate training programs to mentorship? And how do you handle each of those for the new employees that you're onboarding? Yeah, I would say that's a great question, Jim. And I would say that's very true. We still do some of the traditional training, but a little less. We rely a lot more on computer-based training. So we've, we've, we have a huge expansive library of that to help employees with career development. Even when we do hiring a career page, we've made that a lot more inviting and engaging, knowing that visualization is going to appear to some people, knowing that we want to walk the talk and be real. These are the values that we embody just so that we know that we're getting the right messages out there and that the right employees are seeing us and coming to work for us. We're also doing a lot more when it comes to, again, computer, because we don't have people in the office on how do we use things like technology and teams to to do polling or to do training or we do shorter stinks now. We do shorter snippets of training as well. Provide that to, again, to kind of get away from some of the traditional training. One of the characteristics of Gen Z, they create and consume more content than any other generation. So even just thinking about 
shorter training snippets. You're catering to how their minds work, which is so important. You mentioned also the hiring process. So we're talking about how these younger generations coming in are really shaping how we work. How are they shaping the recruitment and interview process. A great deal. Uh, you know, talk talk about re- looking at your policies and your practices to, to ensure that they are adaptable to the newer generation is really important. So to, so I mentioned just the websites where when I think about the newer gen- generation coming in, you know, one of the things that we do is they are technology savvy. They've been really helpful in helping us to advance in that area. One of the things we do is that we provide technology to enable our clients to do education finances and to do business processing. And so having platforms that are usable and friendly to any generation, mm-hmm. something that's, that, that's extremely important. I remember I was part of a, a focus group one time looking at a new platform. And it's funny because the person who was training us said, we made this so that it can be accessible for any generation because we know, for example, that grandparents are helping to fund student loans, being a co-signer. So we put in a chat feature so they can engage in the platform. That is so smart. I know. But then I say, you probably need to go one step further, too, because I think some people in the older generation, sometimes they just want to pick up the phone and call somebody because... Hey, I have a question That's I want to true. answer it now. Yeah. And so in this particular platform, you will go through it. You got to the bottom and it said, if we didn't find what you wanted, click here. And all I did was take you back to the top and, it re- and you repeated the same thing over again. So again, <laughs> it wasn't helpful to someone who may want to just reach out and touch someone yeah. with a phone call or something like that. So again, just being cognizant of those types of things. That's one of those generational changes where the shift happened within, say, the last five years uh-huh. of making phone calls. Okay, And it feels like more and more I have to schedule my conversations, whereas five years ago, I could just call people out of the blue and have a conversation. That's a really good point. The puck has moved on that, yeah. I'm going to make my husband watch this episode, so he's a millennial too, but he's 100% stuck in a boomer body. He's the person, when he pays a bill, he still wants to call a person. Yeah, I think boomers have some gifts. They were here before any of this happened. And they have soft skills. Yeah. Right? They yeah. know how to network. They know how to communicate. That's they right. have the empathy down. And that's why we need them to teach yeah. us these things. Definitely. And so we talked about how you're making some adjustments because, you know, there is an older generation that's still touching you, even though you handle a lot of student loans. There's also this huge trend right now, which is, um, I'm sure both of you know, um, there are more jobs than people. And so we're looking in different areas of how can we find people to fill these jobs. And one of those areas is people returning to the workforce. So older generations who maybe can be part-time help. Is that something that you're seeing with businesses in Delaware? They're recruiting from a retired population? That's a really good question. I I know we're seeing some of it. I'm not sure how prevalent it is. Mm -hmm. And we are seeing some for sure where we have older generations coming in to do some temporary work, for example. Yeah, but I'm not sure how relevant it is, to be honest, though. Yeah, yeah I think we really need to, ha- to redefine what we think of as retirement. And <laughs> for a lot of people, it's not going from 60 to zero in terms of speed, but to working a little bit less and having a little bit more balance in their lives. And ultimately, I think that's what everyone wants. Now, I think that's true. I was reading something about boomers who said that you can find a lot of negativity about each generation on a website if you're looking for it. But one of the things they would say about us is that we're, we don't want to quit working, to your point earlier, Kelly. And um, and so if this article is funny because it said if, you, if a boomer is angry, 
again, understand why. Because part of it is this person has worked since age 16 and they're scared to death about the thought of retiring and not doing nothing. And so they want so they want to hold on to your point sometimes to their position. But it is important, Jim, like you said, to that find ways for them to ease into retirement. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's doing some part time work. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's doing something on a non scheduled basis or, that's not or high even, stress. Even you know, staying around to mentor the younger yeah, employees. Absolutely. Yeah, that was one of the upsides of COVID was that we have learned to have more flexible work environment, be more flexible in terms of location and workspace. And mm-hmm. it, it sort of feels like that's opening itself up to people who don't want to be there 80 hours a week, but mm-hmm. they still want to have meaning and purpose and connection. Very interesting. Right? Um, you mentioned something that I kind of want to transition now a little bit, but you mentioned a boomer getting angry in the workplace. So that goes into communication skills, right? And well, angry, but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Quote angry. But every, each generation, it, it, it influences how they deal with stressors. And so I'm curious, what does each generation, how do they react? How do they communicate best? How can each generation communicate better with the other knowing that information? Jim, I look at you specifically. Yeah, I know, I say, I'm, I'm thinking about this because we haven't talked a lot about Generation Z yet because we're still trying to figure out what this generation is. And uh, to a large degree, they still have the influence to choose who they become, which is interesting. But when I look at the bigger picture, it's like, how can we talk together yeah. and have a conversation and be open to some of these discussions? I took a class a few months ago, and it was a lot about preparing your organization for the younger workforce, both as an employee, but also a consumer. So is your organization ready to cater to their needs and wants? And you just said something, and I lost my train of thought, but it was about Gen Z. Tell me again what you said, Jim. Yeah. So here you have a generation that came of age during the COVID lockdown. Yes. They're very tech-centric. They're great with gadgets, great with content creation. But the people skills, mm. there's just been no opportunity yeah. to develop that. And I wonder if they will be able to handle conflict mm. as well as previous generations who kind of grew up with that. Yeah, I completely lost my train of thought, but got a new question while you mm-hmm. said that. But those soft skills that we referred to earlier, there's a real lack in that in the younger generations. Through can- no fault of their own. Yeah. Again, it's, it's through yeah, yeah. the yeah how they grew up um, and COVID especially. How can we give them those skills, whether that's them already in the workforce or while they're still getting their education? Yeah, I think of it as mentoring, and I'm going to say it, bringing people back into the office <laughs> at least some of the time. Yeah. Unpopular opinion. It's okay. not a bad idea. Okay, <laughs> That's how you develop culture, and yeah. that's how you yeah, develop I personal agree. relationships. Yeah, culture is huge. You know, it's funny. We when we started bringing people back into the office, I guess it was last year. We we do have a model where some people will re- remain remote, some will be hybrid, some will be in office full time. But as folks started coming back in, we did a quick survey to say, "Hey, do you feel like being at work is productive in the office? Do you feel like you are more productive at home? What are the things you like? What can we do better to make your in office experience better?" And I thought I was going to see responses very distinct based on generations. But they weren't. By and large, there were a group of people that enjoyed being remote, regardless of generation. And again, because a lot of young folks like that, but also a lot of people in the boomer generation, because they had, they may have an elderly parent, and it provided more flexibility for them. So, 
that was important. But even when you look at folks coming into the office, to your point, Jim, many people in the Gen Z millennials like coming into the office because they want to be seen. They want the visibility. They want to learn from their mentors and their leaders. They want to be able to have that culture, that dialogue. And some of them just want just say, hey, you know what, I like waking up in the morning and going outside and doing something different. So change it is important. Yeah, a change, change of view. view. Do you get pushback when you brought people back in the office? Did you get a lot of So we did. So we don't have it. We have, it's almost a third, right? A third remote, a third hybrid, a third back in the office. And we got some, to your point, of folks that, based on your job, for example, or it may be important that you be in the office. So we did get some pushback. So we put a lot of emphasis on trying to, make it a good experience and give those indiv- individuals some kudos for yeah. doing that. Kelly and I work downtown. And when I get in in the morning, you can park pretty much anywhere you want. <laughs> and it's great. In the pandemic, yeah, it was yeah, yeah. empty. <laughs> I had a whole parking garage to myself <laughs> because I was one of those people. I liked waking up in the morning and I liked having my routine where I drove to work and got myself in the kind of a mindset to yeah. get my work done for the day. I consider myself a anti-millennial sometime. Very proud to be a member of the generation, but you mentioned earlier about how Gen X, they work their way up, and that's something that I've done at the chamber. I started as an intern, now I'm the vice president, and it's very anti-millennial because yeah. we're known as the job hoppers. That's right. And I think that there has been, a lot of people have forgotten the benefits of sticking with the company. How can we change that conversation? That's a great question. I'm not sure if we can change that conversation, <laughs> to, to be honest. I think, to your point, I think people, I will say this, and this is kind of intuitive to the whole generational differences, but I think, as we all know, 99% of people, we are alike I don't want to say this, 99%, percent of people are the same, right? Mm-hmm. We are alike more so than we are not alike. And so, for example, if you're a parent, I think all parents, regardless of generation or circumstances, you want your kids to be safe. You want them to have opportunities. You want them to hopefully do better than you, right? Mm-hmm. So I think if we get to the core of those things that bind us all together the same and if we put that in our messaging and put that in our program, I think that will help employees stay with the company longer. Because if we take a sincere interest in helping you, Kelly, to be the best that you can be, I recognize who you are. I recognize your strengths that you bring to the company. And I leverage that. I put you in leadership roles because we can capitalize on that. If we do that more and talk about, again, those things that are core, not surface, not things that to make you happy, but things that are really if I could say, hey, I can lay out a career for you, and this is what it can look like. I think if we do more of that, then we can. I so agree with that. that. That's really interesting because, you know, on, on one hand, it makes sense to segment your customers yeah. based on their unique needs. Mm-hmm. But it makes sense internally to look at your commonalities yeah. inside and how you're all the same. And this actually, when I lost my train of thought earlier, it brought it back. But creating that sense of belonging is I think at the end of the day, the most important piece of the puzzle, we need to make sure you know, the older generations feel that they're still valued and engaged. And we need to make sure that the newer generations in the workforce are a part of the cause. Yeah. And so it's making sure that every age group feels that they're part of your organization's Huge mission. Huge opportunity there. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. 
Thank you so much for this conversation. We're almost out of time. To wrap up, I want to do some something new that we're trying. We're going to call it Convo Connection. And I want both of you to give a shout out to a person, business, event, nonprofit, anyone that's doing something great, making a difference in the community. Jim? Sure. Yeah. So I'm involved with a group called Tech Forum Delaware, and uh, we're hosting an event on March the 22nd in zip code Wilmington, talking about AI in Delaware. And uh, we'll have a panel getting together. We're all kind of messing around with chat GPT and other types of things. We'll have people from government, big businesses, small businesses, University of Delaware, just talking about what is AI and how we're using it. Very cool. Mike? Sure. Being in a student loan business, we've done a lot of research over the years to say, why do some people struggle with paying their student loans back? And what we find a big cause of that is, is college completion. Students may take out a loan for a couple of years and then they don't finish. And so they don't, they're not able to secure that career or that job to pay that loan back. So knowing that as a company several years ago, we wanted to address that within our communities. So we, so we partnered with the Boys and Girls Club of America. With the partnership with the Boys and Girls Club, one, we not only provide financial support, but we also partner with the clubs to provide digital tools for college exploration and college planning and scholarship search and those types of things. We've done a lot with the Boys and Girls Club of Delaware and being a board member of that club for Delaware, I see the importance that they provide every day to the lives of our youth. Thank you, that was really great. I'll give a shout out. We're here at Easter Seals. They allowed us to film on site today here in Newcastle. And they're celebrating 75 years in the business community. They do amazing, amazing work throughout the whole state from infant services to senior care and activities. And, you know, they've been here for 75. I'm excited for them to be here for 75 more. So happy anniversary to Easter Seals of Delaware and Maryland's Eastern Shore. That's a wrap. Thank you both so much for doing this with us. Jim, if anyone wanted to get in contact with you, how can they reach you? Yeah. Email address is jlee at stratfy.com. I also have a new book out on Amazon <laughs> called Foresight Investing, A Complete Guide to Finding Your Next Great Trade. Mike? Great. So navian.com, always go to the website if you need someone. We also have a couple of tools, Going Mary, which helps with college planning. And we also have a company called Earnest, which provides student loan financing and origination. Great. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Conversations with Kelly, a show by the Delaware State Chamber of Commerce. If listening has sparked ideas, responses, or questions for you, reach out to me at kbasil at dscc.com. That's K-B-A-S-I-L-E at D-S-C-C dot com. Or send us a message on Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. Visit D-S-C-C dot com slash podcast for bonus content from the show. And thanks to our sponsors, Easter Seals, Christiana Mall, and U.S. Wind. And to our production team and sponsor, Short Order Production House. Take a minute to follow and rate or review the show wherever you listen. Your support and engagement keeps these conversations going. I'm your host, Kelly Basil. We'll see you soon.